Hey guys, welcome back to the Detour Live. Thanks for joining us on your Thursday night or Thursday morning if you're in Europe. I'm your host, Dan Jones, joined as always by four-time national road champion from Australia, Johnny Trevorrow. And if he one month till Christmas, you're going to get into the Black Friday sales and get all your Chrissy shopping done early? You'd be someone that likes to meticulously plan every aspect of your life, mate. I do. Kay's already done it all and bought every present, no demand. So she, yeah. she did it about six months ago, I think. But anyway, so all good. And, all good. and obviously I was very disappointed that uh, for my 40th birthday this year, you forgot to mention on the show, but there's a very important birthday for a very important man today, John. And I would have thought that you were being first to text him this morning to wish him all the best. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, it was Jerry Ryan's birthday today. That's right. what you're talking about. I did, and I did text him. I said, uh, "Well done, old fella." Yeah. I won't. I won't give his age up, but he's just a fraction younger than me, but not much. <laughs> he doesn't look anywhere near your age, right? So, hey. still well. whatever, whatever. No, he's a good man, and I know yeah. that he's uh, uh, he's celebrated uh, uh, with uh, the staff at Moulin Rouge this afternoon. So, uh, oh, nice. Coffee. Coughing, I would have been there with bells on myself. But anyway, there you go. Yeah. So you haven't you haven't seen the live show yet, Moulin Rouge? No, no, I haven't been well enough to go. But I'll be going very soon. A couple yeah. of mates went there just the other day. They just can't stop raving about it. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. Well, someone we can't stop raving about is obviously an up-and-coming emerging superstar of Australian cycling, Sarah Gigante. If he, and uh, it's been a real rollercoaster year for her, unfortunately, with a few little setbacks. Well, not just look, uh, not just a roller coaster year, but a roller coaster career. I mean, she just keeps getting thrown these huge hurdles, mm. but she just seems to overcome them with aplomb. You know what I mean? You never hear her complaining. I'm sure sometimes it just must she must get down and out, but we don't see any of that. She is just a superstar. Now I know that regulars on the detour will know that I've got a, a real soft spot for Sarah Gagardi because she is just the most gorgeous young lady and my maybe the most talented, naturally talented cyclist I've laid eyes on. Seriously. Mm. She has got everything, and uh, I predict she's going to be um, number one in the world one day. Well, and also, but have to be the smartest because I was doing a bit of research. Enterscore, ATAR score, it was an Enterscore back in my day, 99.95. That, that's like perfect score. You've clocked school. What, do you remember what score you got back in the day? If you did have scores back then? A fraction under that, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's bring uh, Sarah on now. Who joins us live, Sarah. Welcome back to the detour. Uh, first obvious question is, how are you feeling? Thanks for the kind words. I'm feeling very flattered, but no, I'm, really, I'm doing well. Thanks. All that's wrong with me now is that I'm very unfit. <laughs> now it's probably bit better for you to explain it, but can you just take us through? Uh, 2021 for you, and you can talk as long as you want. It's probably better that we don't butt in with, you know, stupid, irrelevant comments. Yeah, uh, you, you don't. That's like <laughs> yeah. a massive so that's for sure. So I just remember starting the year so, so excited because, yeah, we were coming out of, like, what felt like a super long Melbourne lockdown, and I'd been, yeah, watching everyone race in Europe while I was on – the trainer the whole time, like wishing I was there. So I was so excited to just get out there, do do the bunchies again and get back into racing and show how hard I'd worked, show myself and show Dylan how, how well we'd done together through the lockdown. And 
yeah, Dylan's my coach. So it was just so cool um, starting off at the Santos um, Festival Cycling. Um, yeah, coming away with the win there and working with an awesome team was just such a cool feeling. Felt so exciting just to be out there again. And then to defend the national time trial title was also super cool. And then, yeah, then it was pretty much on to Europe. I went to Adelaide for a couple of weeks, which was fun. I, I learned a lot and the track girls were super nice. I also got some Adelaide QOMs. Maybe I'll add that to my high list because <laughs> the year kind of went downhill. So we have to you know, count every high. So Adelaide QOMs were pretty good. <laughs> and then um, Europe was really fun to start with. So I went to Italy, which was really nice because I did Trofeo Alfredo Binder was my first race and it's quite a hilly race. So I really enjoyed it. I definitely like was, I could tell it was my first race and I think I spent quite a lot of energy early on that in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have, but I felt like I really had a lot of fun and I finished off in the young riders jersey for the women's world tour just because it was one of the early ones so and I think I was on equal points or something but I got to wear the jersey at the end of the day so that felt pretty cool um and then it was on to Belgium and Belgium was going all right I felt like I was learning a lot and definitely those first early races that I did didn't suit me a ton they're pretty flat and windy and I definitely have to learn a lot about echelons and everything and just get stronger but uh, unfortunately, I think it was like five races in at Flesh Wallone, one of the races that I was really looking forward to. There were two that I was really looking forward to, Flesh Wallone and um, Liège Baston Liège, the two hilliest ones, the Ardennes. And unfortunately in Flesh, just in the first hour, uh, yeah, I crashed. As someone crashed in front of me, I, I flipped quite badly and broke my elbow, my collarbone and my fibula and the that's in your leg. So I got back on and I chased. I got back to the Peloton. So I'm adding that to my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just to like catch out the list of Who are you? That- yeah. <laughs> I, I did 20 minutes. I mean, I shouldn't be boasting. It's pretty bad. Because yeah. like, in hindsight, it was quite dangerous. Like going through the convoy, I could like hardly hold my handlebars. Um, but I don't know how I did it with a broken leg. Like as soon as I stopped. So I did, yeah, like 10K. And then I was like, this is such a stupid idea like I, no way can I get up the middle when I can't even like hold on to the handlebars let alone get out of the seat so when I stopped then I realized that my leg was very very sore but when I was riding I was more just I was I knew that it was like quite wrong but I was hoping it was just dislocated so it would like pop back in but no so I stopped um then I went to Girona and um, did my rehab there and I was liking Girona Although another low there was I was sleeping one day. I was in, I didn't live with anyone in this apartment. So it was just me and I was asleep and I hear like two bangs, but I was so tired from like all the training and stuff. And it was early in the morning. So I just went back to sleep. And then like, I don't know, a few minutes later, I woke up again because there was a third bang, a massive hiss and my door slammed shut and at that point, I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Is there, like, a massive snake in the kitchen or something? So <laughs> I it out of the room at, like, 5 a.m. And there was, like, all these flames. It was horrible. And I, I grabbed, like, I think at the time, I can't remember now, but, oh, it was, like, scarred into my vision. Um, I grabbed, like, a glass 
that I found near the sink and started filling it up to like pour in the flames, but then it exploded. So I was like running around barefoot on glass, like trying to put out all the water. And it was horrible. But it turned out it was just a, a battery, a portable battery pack had exploded. Just my luck. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I survived and the flat was okay. So thankfully I was fine. That was just a random story. And then, yeah, I got picked for the Olympics, which was super cool. And that made the rehab a lot easier because I was so excited. Uh, that was such a dream come true. The Olympics were also super fun, obviously, just being there um, felt so special. And we had such a great great team. Like, our attitude and cohesion was awesome. And, yeah, all the staff were super nice. All the Japanese volunteers were lovely. Um, just getting all the stuff was really cool, like the suitcase and the the clothes and <laughs> everything like that and just yeah being there was cool I got a selfie with both the Olympic champions even with um Roglic actually I got a selfie with him too um, <laughs> and then what next uh yeah then I got back to Spain and I was really excited because I'd been training for the Olympics for so long which was super cool but I also really wanted to do the hilly races like um Tour de Ardèche in France and two of the Gila. At that point, it wasn't cancelled. So I was excited for Ardèche because it's super, super hilly. And then Gila is also super hilly, but it's also in America. So I was pumped to go um, visit my brother. Or maybe he could come watch the race. So, yeah, I was really excited just to do some tours and finally get stuck into some really hard international racing because so far I've pretty much just, apart from Binda, and then the Olympics, I've pretty much just done the Belgian racing or Australian racing. So I was really excited for that stuff. But then, yeah, I got, like, sick pretty much straight after the Olympics. Like, I'm I'm just very glad that I could do the Olympics because, yeah, then I didn't ride for, like, three months. So, I, so I, take, just take us back through that because the important thing is because that's when you realise that you had this challenge with your heart. And then what the, the Mario. Yeah, pronounce it. Myopericarditis, and it's an inflammation of the heart and the surrounding tissues, and it's a combination of myocarditis and pericarditis. Is that correct? Yeah, sounds about right. Mine <laughs> <laughs> was very mild, so yeah, my heart wasn't too bad, and now it's completely fine. But it does mean that you have to take a long time off just as a precaution. But yeah, I got the all clear. I was taking it super easy. At first, yeah, I think they would put it in articles and stuff. Like, it was hard to diagnose because it was mild and because they were just thinking I was having, like, a panic attack or something, which I wasn't. Um, they just kept sending me home and I was like... You should have said, mate, I've ridden with a broken leg. I know when yeah. I'm not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what pain feels like. Yeah. I don't think she does know when it's actually not right because she keeps going, you know. But anyway, so how? Like, who, who was it that finally picked it up? Uh, someone in Barcelona. The Barcelona hospital was really good. When Scott came, we went to Barcelona. They listened to me. I listened to Scott a bit more there. It was a bigger hospital, so that was good. And then I just took it easy, had a bit of a Spanish holiday, not really, um, but yeah. And then I came back once, once I could. It was quite hard to get back to Australia, but once I was here, it was good. And yeah, once I got out of quarantine, I actually got out nine after nine days rather than fourteen because the the rules changed midway. So that was a nice surprise. And then an even nicer surprise was once I got out. Um, I, at that stage, I was still 
like keeping my heart rate really, really low. So I was pretty much just walking. Well, I was just walking, but I was like, I, I reckon I could like find an e-bike somewhere that I could rent because then I can go walking speed, but That's on my right. bike, it's way more fun because like walking's all right, but when you're used to cycling and going fast, it's just not the same. So I actually posted on, yeah, bike swap style road cycling Victoria. And then it was so, so nice. All these people, like even strangers were, re- were reaching out and not just offering for me to rent their bikes, but even some people were saying I could, yeah, borrow their bike. And in the end, I'm actually, I'm about to give it back because I have good news and I'm all good to go on my own bike. But yeah, in the end, I borrowed a bike from 99 Bikes Q for the last uh, three weeks. So that was super fun. I, yeah, I'd never been on an e-bike before. So I have to say it's won me over. I liked it. I, I mean, following a bit of that social media, and I see one lovely lady who you didn't even know offered to go and buy a bike you could use and then she would use it after, after you. Yeah, so that was pretty special. I think that. Like, yeah, people are just so lovely. And, like, I already knew that, but then when you, when you need it more, then you really realise, like, how lucky you are. Like, as, just strangers, friends, and also my family. I was so lucky. My brother came all the way from America, um, to visit me in Spain, and then my mum even got out of Australia, which was an achievement in itself. Others, oh, yeah. but we look quite similar in the mask. The, the nurses yeah. were always saying. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of live comments uh, that have come through. Kirsty Baxter, I've never seen iffy fanboy or girl this much. <laughs> okay, says, I admit it. <laughs> Great to have you back in Australia, Sarah. Janice Ashcroft says hi. Uh, Kim Dixon says. I see Sarah's wearing the Tibco brand. Great work and best of luck for 2022. Uh, Jethro Nagel says, the swag. And Peter Volker says, amazing. How tough is this girl? Broken collarbone, elbow and fibula and gets back on the peloton. Now, you did say it was a bit dangerous, but, I mean, most cyclists, you, you do like that. I mean, it's a good part of your brand, toughness. You know, someone that, that just keeps fighting and, and those sort of things. Um, particularly in the early parts of your career, I mean, how important is it to build relationships, try and do the right thing, learn as much as you can to, to build that progression? Yeah, for sure. And I, I've been so, so lucky just to have such amazing people around me the whole way through from right when I was a little eight-year-old starting at the Brunswick Junior Clinic. I was so lucky that mum and I picked the Brunswick Cycling Club when we Googled cycling clubs for kids. On that day, so many years ago, 13 years ago. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky to have the support of my club and Dave, Elf, Cam, and now so many others like Ag, everyone at the club, they're just so lovely. And, of course, my mum the whole way through, she's been amazing. And right now she's also amazing, still supporting me because even though I'm definitely better than I was, like it's still frustrating because I'd, I'd love to be, you know, getting straight back into I'd love to be on the ergo. She was on the ergo like 20 minutes ago, and then I kicked her off because I wanted to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it's uh, funny. On the social media, uh, there's all that stuff. You weren't allowed to take your heart rate over 100. I, I, I see that's yeah. all just about to change. But I was going to say on Sunday, we're going to ride up in the Danny Nogs with my mate Donnie Allen, who was a, a Olympic, my Olympic teammate. And uh, you could have come and joined us because you – 
Guaranteed your heart rate won't go over 100 riding with us. But uh, anyway, I'll tell you about that later. I might from stress. <laughs> <laughs> but the, other thing, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say, uh, following the social media, uh, you seem to have been uh, um, uh, become the champion of the anti-vaxxers who reckoned that uh, you getting a crook or getting a crook uh, was all to do with your, your vaccination. So uh, I don't know where they got that from, uh, but uh, I saw quite a bit of stuff flowing around about that. What's your, what's your uh, outlook on that? Yeah, I, well, I have to say I don't love being anti-vax propaganda, to be honest. Um, I, I'm happy to be vaccinated and I think everyone knows that, um, yeah, for the greater good, I think vaccination is obviously the way forward and the chances of getting, I don't actually know what mine was from, like the doctors don't know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was probably just unlucky and had some random Japanese bug, to be honest, because the chances of getting myopericarditis, especially as a young woman, but for anyone it's higher from COVID than from the vaccine. So, and yeah, there's so many other complications of COVID and, you can see what the world's been like for the last two years. I think Crazy. it's fantastic that we have a vaccine now, and I'm, I, I'm definitely pro-vax. I have to say. Well, and the fact that you got a score of ninety-nine point nine five, I think I'll take your word any day of the week. So, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. Hey, look, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, your signing with Movie Star and look ahead to the future. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. It's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace, with over 500,000 products and 900 brands, where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting, or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalized and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So. The next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the roads safer for you 
and for me. Thanks again to Bikes Change and the Amy Gillett Foundation and a bit of a shout out to the Amy Gillett Foundation. We had a function with them on Friday night and John, unfortunately, you were still crook, so you weren't able to attend. And I just like, I like when John gets crook, he goes, nah, I'll go, but I just won't drink. And it's like, John, it's 2021, mate. We don't want you there. You go on to the days where you can go to function, you're coughing and spluttering and people are like, oh, it's got the flu, mate. You'll be right. Like, you're kryptonite. <laughs> But there were some great initiatives spoken about um, by what the foundation are doing and uh, particularly moving forward, I think it's a, it's a really positive time for them um, and the effect they're going to have on cycling safety uh, across Australia. So um, back to your story, Sarah. Obviously, uh, there's a lot uh, written about when you've signed with Movistar to the end of 2024, I think. Um, and I've read also that they've been amazing sports, particularly with the, the setbacks that you've had this year. Yeah, well, I have to firstly say a massive thank you to my current team, Tipco Silicon Valley Bank. Um, for the last two years, really, like the whole time, they've been awesome and supported me the whole way through when I've had a lot of setbacks, even though it's only been two years and like I'm going to be fine and I am fine now. But yeah, they they really were great the whole time. And I'll, I'll be sad to move on, even though I'm super excited to go to Movistar next year. But yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky in that I have the support of both teams. Tibco has been amazing and still is amazing. And then, yeah, Movistar um, are very patient as well. If he... Well, I was just going to say, it's wonderful news. Uh, and they're you know, a really strong team. I would have much rather seen to, you go to Green Edge Bike Exchange, but that didn't happen. Uh, but um, what's the plan? For, uh, I mean, obviously, you, it'd be unlikely that you'd be able to make it uh, to uh, Santos uh, Festival of Cycling. Is there any chance that? I don't think so. I think it would be a big rush. Like, I'm only just starting to ride now, just... Nice and easy. I think it's better for my body. I think if I just ease my way back into it after three months of literally nothing. So for now, this is what I've been doing before I joined the podcast. I've been learning Spanish. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I tried. I, I, my brain attention, I don't know what diagnosis it is, but I just wander off. You know, I end up looking at the roof and getting distracted. Um, short attention span. Maybe I had like ADHD as a kid undiagnosed or something but yeah I, I could never learn a language how do you find learning a new language well i'm lucky that i enjoy it i'm doing it for fun and also so that i can speak to my teammates when i go on camp mm. well, <laughs> so well you're like, do, doing a double degree in linguistics and geography so you'll not only know where you're going but you'll know who, how to talk to them when you get there i think it's fantastic <laughs> well unfortunately we don't actually learn like we don't learn a language in linguistics and we don't learn like Geography and geography. Like, for example, my subjects this year, this semester, <laughs> I did um, global inequalities in the Anthropocene, which was really interesting, but it's not like I know all the different places. Like, I couldn't even tell you where the team camp is. And I just read the email like an hour ago. And then, um, oh, exploring linguistic diversity. So that didn't help me with my Spanish either. But oh, okay. yeah, luckily, I, I tried to learn a little bit when I was in Barcelona. Although they speak Catalan there more than yeah. Spanish. And then uh, I did French in high school and it's quite similar. I did Latin too. So I don't know, just throw them all together and you get this melting pot of something. <laughs> well, how important does it be for you to have that balance outside of cycling, particularly when, you know, you've got 
setbacks with injuries and you can't ride the bike. How crucial has that element been uh, for your life? Oh, yeah, so, so good. Like, I'm on holidays now and I'm actually, for once, I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I wasn't on holidays because I'm a bit, like, I feel busy with other stuff, but it's nice just to have goals. And normally my, my biggest goal is of every day. I'm so competitive with my cycling. Like, my biggest goal is always to, like, completely ace my training that day or smash my ride buddies or smash that race, you know, something like that. So it's nice to be able to have a different goal um, before it was uni, I guess. And now I'm, yeah, trying really hard to learn Spanish and I'm catching up with my friends and everything too, but I do really, I'm, I'm competitive even with myself. So yeah, I guess that's my goal for now. <laughs> I think it's important just to have something else to think about because yeah, especially when things aren't going so well. If I just based myself on like my current FTP, for example, then I'd be pretty upset. So yeah, I'm, I'm going off my Spanish levels instead of my FTP. <laughs> <laughs> now, we had Grace Brown on uh, earlier in the year, and I think we were talking about you. And one of the hardest things to learn early on is to control that urge when you're feeling good to, to basically ride smarter. Is that one of the things that you think is, is something you really want to develop, particularly with the racing scene in Europe, being able to contain that energy and those emotions where you want to go off and, and smash it and make an attack, but just staying reserved. Yeah, I think I'll be able to learn a lot from my teammates next year. I think that's definitely what I'm most excited about. I'll have such experienced riders alongside me, especially anime fan and But yeah, the whole team is actually super awesome and all the staff are awesome too. So I think that would be great, although I have to say I hope not to completely get rid of that uh, bit of stupidness mm. when it comes to my racing. I quite <laughs> like it. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned uh, Annemiek van Vluten, who, you know, uh, yeah, is a top, top lady and uh, an enormous talent. But And we all saw, you know, the terrible situation where she crossed the line uh, second in the Olympics and thought she'd won it. Did you know what was going on up there? Did you think that uh, Anna Kusenhofer was still in front or because you, you were just a few minutes further back? Did you know what was going on up the front? I knew when I was there. I knew because I had a motorbike with a sign um, saying, like, these are the numbers of the riders out the front and these, this is the time gap. So when I was there, it was clear, but I can't say what happened after that because I was dropped. And I got back on, but like by then I was like, whoa, what's happening? Um, yeah. yeah, so I don't really know. But I think some riders knew in the peloton. Yeah, some did, some didn't. <laughs> so what, what are your, some of your big goals for 2022 and beyond? Mm, well, so I just want to like race my bike again. I think that's definitely mm. what I'm most excited about. Just even that first training session. It's going to hurt so much, but it's going to be so fun. So, yeah, just like getting out there, having fun, getting fit, racing, um, but especially getting to do some hilly races at last when I'm in good form. Um, yeah, with my new teammates, and that would be so cool. And I'd love to race uh, the first, well, the first revamped Tour de France farm. So, I'm really That's exactly what I was leading to. I was waiting for you to say that. How big is that you know it's the you know as you said it's first revamp first real tour de france in you know many decades uh, but uh that must be you know high uh on the wish list for for 2022 yeah for sure and of course i don't know if i'll be selected um i don't know if i'll get to do 
either, but maybe it will be the Giro instead. So, and of course, I have to be like back into top fitness to be able to do such a hard race and be picked for it. But yeah, if I just got to pick a dream race, it would definitely be the Tour de France. I remember going to Europe with Donna, um, Donna Ray. She was our, I guess, DS when we went as the Aussie development team a couple of years ago. And she was telling us about when she was in the Tour de France back in the 80s, I think it was. So it yeah. just felt so, it, it was just epic just to listen to and to be part of like a new generation that can inspire like little boys, little girls, adults, like everyone. I think that it would be so, so cool. And even if I'm not picked to race them, I'm really, really excited to, yeah, just see it come back to life because I think it's long overdue and I'm so glad that it's happening. And, yeah, thanks to Zwift for supporting it. Uh, we've got a couple more comments. Spooks93 says, love your work, Sarah. Keep killing it. Look forward to seeing you kick goals in 2022. And Kirsty Baxter wants to know, did you study the Tour de France route metre by metre while in lockdown? No, I didn't even think the routes were announced. They were... Definitely announced sometime while I was in quarantine, though, because I was walking. I didn't have a trainer in my room, and I wasn't riding in quarantine anyway, but I was walking. So I was walking back and forth in the room listening to the freewheeling podcast, and they were going over the route. So I remember doing my steps, um, thinking about the super planche de Belfie or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dan and I are going to the tour next year, so I'm, you know, I, I hadn't missed one for 22 years or something, and so I missed the last two, but we're back. So we're going to the Tour de France. Dan, I don't know whether you would be able to stay for the women's race, but I am. I'm staying for the women's race as well. So if you were there, I'll be there annoying you for the whole eight days. So that'll be fantastic. <laughs> Oh, might be late scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh is there anything else you want to find, Ify, before we let Sarah get back to her Spanish lessons and study? <laughs> no, just uh, you just touched on the fact that um, you had some good news that, you know, you're allowed to step up from the maximum 100 uh, beats a minute. So are they saying you can actually get back to proper training now? Is that the, is that the go? Oh, yeah. Well, the 100 beats, I was very, very conservative. So I probably didn't have to do that, but. I wanted to be as safe as possible, and I think everyone around me wanted that too. So, yeah, I mean, we were just being super cautious there, but I've been feeling fine, and, yeah, my heart's good. So it's all good news, but I won't go crazy. Like, I think, I don't know, is it nine weeks till Nationals? My coach, Dylan, is racing, and he's super excited. So I have been keeping an eye on, like, the countdown, but not for me. I think it would be a bit much to train get my body to just go from like nothing into like oh nationals so yeah i'm very sad i have to say like i'm smiling but i'm actually deep down i'm like oh missing nationals very sad but it's on every year so yeah i will be excited to see who and you know what's even worse than that don't you it was the next question i was going to ask I guess the bay quits is out of the uh, uh, question altogether. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to have had you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we'd love to have you down. You, you of course, would look. Uh, you bring Kerry down, and we'd uh, uh, bring the whole mob down. We'd love, love to have you doing that. It'd be wonderful. Um, yeah. Last one, last one for me, Sarah. Is obviously, you know, there's we've talked about the setbacks uh, this year. There's been a lot of highs. What do you think are the key takeaways from this year? Uh, that you like the learnings that you could potentially pass on to the listeners. Well, 
<laughs> a learning for the listeners. The listeners probably know more than I do, so that's a bit hard, I reckon. Um, well, I think well, what I've uh, learned is to appreciate everything when it's going really well because I know that's what I'm going to be doing. As soon as I can get back and just – like I'm, I already love training, but – I'm never, ever going to complain about training again. Like, if I'm, like, so tired and it's, like, hailing and I have, like, a five-hour ride with, like, 600 efforts, I'm going to be so excited because, yeah, <laughs> not being able to train if you want to train sucks. So, yeah, I'm just so excited. It's just going to be so fun and I'm going to hopefully enjoy every minute and, yeah, soak it up. That's, how, that's how, <laughs> how refreshing is it if you're hearing such a positive attitude? You know, and and such a humble person. It's it's it is so refreshing. So uh, you, you're an absolute superstar, Sarah. And we really appreciate you coming on the show, and um, we're really looking forward to you know once you get out there in the movie star colours, and uh, hopefully you know 2022 is a, a sensational year for you. Yeah, thank you so much, and yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I can't believe always, that was a pleasure. That blew my mind when you said that. <laughs> what was that, sorry? I can't believe it's one month till Christmas. When yeah. you said that, I was like, what? Mm, yeah, <laughs> Black Friday sales tomorrow. Let's yeah. see start loading up. Yeah. <laughs> and and apologies, apologies to Phil Liggett because I told the whole thing with mates, Phil was coming on. But I, re- I just read his uh, um, note back to me saying he couldn't come on till 9.30 London time. I didn't really look. So it's about, he'll, he'll be on in about an hour. It's not like you to get logistics wrong, John. No, not at all. all. Uh, Well, thanks again, Sarah. Good luck with the Spanish. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. So, so hello, Kerry. Bye. Sarah Gigante, as we said, absolute superstar and such a refreshing attitude. Uh, Now, Johnny, uh, Phil, swinging Phil, he had his African safari. I think it was last weekend. I think there's one more remaining, yeah? Yeah, the end I, of was, I was not well enough to join them. I was still crook. But, uh, um, yeah. Well run the promo. Go. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll quickly talk about Donnie Allen's okay. ride on Sunday. There's still a few spots if people want to come along. No dramas. Here's the promo for Phil's African Safari. Hi, everyone. It's Phil Liggett here, and it's time to get my African Safari on the road again. We're heading back to the Kareka Game Reserve in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, where animals including the rhino roam freely. We did four great rides in June and now, with two new ones, we're set to go again. There will be eminent guests to answer your questions on the wildlife and also offer an opportunity to win amazing trips to Kareka. We'll chat to one another and you don't even have to ride, thanks to Fulgaz, who will set you up to watch on Zoom when you enrol and make a donation. We have four rides, one per month, starting on September 19. They last an hour, and if you have a smart trainer, you can pedal your way through the reserve, or you can just sit back with a cup of tea. In either case, knowing that your participation is helping keep the animals safe and free to roam. Come and join me, and all the information you need to have is at careca.co.za slash peloton, and let's go. Get behind Phil for your last chance till the end of the year. Uh, and if yep. you were saying Donnie Allen's ride. Yeah, on Sunday, uh, Yeltsin, there he is, uh, been the first Australian to win a stage in a grand tour. So it's the mountaintop ride. It's a, a, at 10.30, there's a uh, mountain bike ride, which is 
quite a tough one. And at 11 o'clock, just a, an easier uh, road ride, which Donnie's doing and I'm doing as well, just for a bit of fun. As I said, heartbeat won't get over 100. And then afterwards, uh, Yeltsin's got this fantastic uh, mobile bar and be a slight lunch. It's just going to be a wonderful day. $40. All proceeds go to Australian Red Cross. Um, and he's, even, he's, a, he's a brewer and he's even brewed some special beers, European-type beers. Uh, Ten percenters? Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully. Uh, hopefully I'm well enough. Um, and, uh, no, it'll be a lovely day. So anyone can get along. I think there's about a dozen spots still left. So, um, yeah. And, and the phone number? Yeah, that's Yeltsin's number. 0459803482 or the website, which tells you everything, how to get there and whatever, up in the dandenongs. Yelson, Y-A-L-C-I-N dot A-D-A-L at gmail.com. Sounds great. Uh, Good day. All right, mate. Well, it's been a fantastic show. Massive thanks to Sarah Gigante. And big shout-out to Bike Exchange and Mark Watkins in particular for all their support uh, throughout the year so far. They've been amazing. And, and obviously, we mentioned the Amy Gillett Foundation earlier. Um, really inspired after hearing Dan Knapp and uh, all the crew talking about their initiatives uh, moving forward. Um, I think it's going to be a really big period for the foundation and they will hopefully get a lot of cut-through. If you anything you want to add before we go? Just, I've had a few uh, asking me about the Tour de France. I said, we'd be interested to go. So I said, well, we'll be next week. all about it next week. So that's next what I said week. last week. So next week. Why but, don't we uh, do a detour special next week and we bring on some people that have been on the old detours and we tell some detour stories because people love detour stories. We want gonna... people to come. We don't want to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, people. You've got to be transparent. What you can show is a progression where you finally worked out how to run these tours. And it took 20 years. So we can start at the beginning and talk about the mistakes and how we've learned uh, from them. It's a, sh- it's a shame that uh, my mate Simon Townley is not with us any longer. It's a shame for a stack of reasons when he was an absolutely glorious man. Um, but he <laughs> he would tell some stories that probably no one would come mm. back from. But anyway, no. it's another yeah, all good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. As we always say, uh, get me on the show, youtube.com forward slash the detour podcast. Tell your mates, hit the subscribe button and we'll see you again next Thursday. And we'll announce all the detours. Oh, the detours, the details on how to get involved with the detours. Uh, if you want to come along the Giro, Tour de France and potentially the Vuelta. So we'll see you next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again to Sarah. See you then. This is the winning ride of the Tour de France.